today is found in 1 John 4 in the verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Perfect love casting out fear. Let us pray. Father, bless your word to every heart. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. This morning I want to share some thoughts with you. Thoughts that I trust will be of hope and comfort regarding the power of love in conquering all our fears. This subject shows us that the Bible, that the gospel, that the message from the church, that the person of Jesus Christ is absolutely relevant for every one of our needs. We live in a world of fear. What are your fears today? What are we afraid of? We are afraid of a sudden accident around the next corner. We are afraid of declining health, of hearing bad news. We are afraid of rising expenses, of increased bills, of business collapse, of stock market falling, of not being able to feed the family, of the redundancy notice, of rising interest rates, of not being able to pay the mortgage. We're afraid of these things. We're afraid of betrayal, of being abandoned, of being let down by people we trusted, of being left alone. We're afraid for our children. We are anxious about their health, their welfare, their safety. We have hopes and dreams for them. We don't want to be disappointed. In politics, we are afraid of the other side, of losing our community, of losing our constitutional status, of losing our nationhood. Personally, we're afraid of bereavement, of losing our parents, of widowhood, of sorrow, of weeping. We're afraid of terrorism, of sudden bomb blasts, of chemical warfare, of horrible suffering, of a nuclear holocaust, of the unimaginable. We're afraid of old age, of slow decline, of losing independence, of not being able to think, not being able to make sound judgments. We're afraid of death and dying. We're afraid of slow, prolonged death, but we're also afraid of sudden, unexpected death. Some fears are real. We have seen their impact upon family and friends and others. Other fears are imaginary. They are phobias. And some may make fun of them. And yet to those who suffer, they are terribly and horribly real. And to those who are in that space, you alone know the difficulty and despair that such suffering brings. Fear has an awful effect on people. Fear controls. It generates a knot in the stomach. It affects our physical, our mental health. It robs us of sleep. It debilitates our ability to function in this world. Fear is a sad reality in a suffering world. Yet there is a cure, an antidote, whereby we can enjoy perfect peace, confidence amidst the wreckage of our brokenness. And the cure for fear in all of its forms is love. Because St. John wrote that perfect love casteth out fear. I like these words, cast out. This love soothes the spirit it calms the restless, angry, bitter, troubled soul by driving out the fear. But the love that casts out our fear is described as perfect love. Not merely love, but perfect love. A love that is unworldly. A love that rises above all other love. Love in and of itself is beautiful, it's special. Where would we be without love? 
without a mother's tender care, without the devotion of a lifelong spouse? What kind of a world would this be? Health and wealth would be so empty. Life would be so friendless if we did not have love. And love is special because it comes from the heart. And love is unique because it is the gift of God to us. Without God, there would be no love because God is love. But we are a broken people. We are not the people that we ought to be because we have sinned within our natures. Therefore, the best of human love is but a shadow of perfect love. Natural love fails. Promises can be broken. Our hearts can be so fickle. Sometimes love is unrequited. On other occasions, love disappoints. Natural love is imperfect. Natural love will fail to cast out every fear. In a world of fear, we must have an unworldly love, a unique love, the love of God within us, redemptive love, saving love, the love that converts the soul. This is the perfect love that St. John is writing about. And this is the mandate, the mission of the church to expose this fearful world to the love that never fails, to the love that can never fail. In Isaiah 49 and 15, the prophet wrote, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. It is extremely unlikely that a mother ever could forsake her child, yet rarely these things happen. But God will never forsake us. The psalmist wrote, When my mother and my father forsake me, that the Lord will take me up. And I love those words because the words take me up literally mean to gather us in a big hug, the comfort the Lord brings to us. Frederick Lehman lost everything. He lost his business. He was a Californian businessman. He was packing fruit into crates, reflecting upon his failures in business but he was gifted in writing verses. And so this hymn about God's love came to him. And he got two verses, but he couldn't get the third verse. And then he remembered something that he had heard a long time ago. He remembered the story of a verse that was found etched out on the wall of a prison. And the prisoner, whom we will never know, had long since died. But workmen found the words etched on the cell. And that was his third verse. Could we, we think, the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God abroad would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. God's perfect love. It's incomprehensible. And yet it can be experienced. And you can experience it today if you have never experienced this perfect love. You see, this perfect love is a fact. It's not a philosophy. It's not a theory. It is factual, and facts are real. The love of this world is just like the mirage in the desert. It can be so appealing, can seem so beautiful, and yet it can be a myth at times. It's not there. It fails. It disappoints. But the love of God never fails because it is a fact. How do I know this love is perfect? How do I know this love is a fact? How do I know that this perfect love can meet the longings of every soul? How do I know that? You see, facts are real. They cannot be changed. And there is 
one fact that tells me that God loves you. And the fact is the cross of Jesus Christ. Love must be demonstrated for love to be love. It is never enough to say to someone, I love you. There must be actions, kindness, forgiveness, sacrifices, gifts, love acts. Love humbles oneself. Love takes the second place. Love cares. In the cross of Christ, we see the perfect demonstration of this perfect love. Never was so much done. Never was so much given for so little. Because God sent His Son into this broken world. And He experienced all the brokenness of this world without sin. He experienced even our guilt and our shame. He experienced all of the suffering that we could ever imagine. And it was laid upon Him on Calvary's cross. There was the physical pain, the cruelty, the nails, the whip, the crown of thorns. But there were the spiritual sorrows. He took my sin. He died for me. He took my guilt. He took my punishment. The Son of God loved me and gave Himself for me. What love that is. You see, there is one fear I haven't mentioned. One fear that causes all other fears to pale away into insignificance. Fear hath torment, John writes. Fear hath torment. And the Bible tells us about a rich man, a man who was greatly privileged, a man who had much of this world's goods. But he died, and he lifted up his eyes in hell. He was in torment. You see, God is just, and God requires that sin must be dealt with. But there is an escape. And the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And that escape is found in the cross of Christ, because Christ literally took our place. He bore all of our suffering. Whenever you put your faith in Jesus Christ alone as your one and only Savior, the Apostle Paul said that we are justified, justified, acquitted at the bar of God's justice, innocent, set free, delivered of all charges, given perfect peace because of this perfect love, and given a perfect hope in heaven forever because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed for sinners, shed for rebels, shed for me. And you can have this perfect love today, the perfect love of Christ ruling and reigning and governing in your heart by simply asking Jesus into your heart. Henry Murhouse is a man whom most people, I suppose, have not heard of. But he is described as the man who moved the man who moved the world. He had a profound influence upon the American 19th century evangelist, D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody ministered on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. He had a profound effect upon thousands here in the United Kingdom. But whenever he first came to Britain, most people had never heard of D.L. Moody. In a few years, everyone would have heard of him, but most people had not heard of him when he first arrived. But he met this man called Henry Burhouse. And Henry Burhouse was a young man. He had a remarkable testimony. He was a prize fighter. That means he was a bare-knuckled boxer, and he fought for money. He was a tough, hard young man. And he had been in jail several times. And then Henry Burhouse heard an open-air preacher saying one word, Jesus. And suddenly his heart was broken. He became a Christian. He left that old life behind, and suddenly he began to preach about this man, Jesus and D.L. Moody invited him to come to Chicago to his church, and so Henry Murhouse turned up. 
And Henry Murhouse preached night after night in D.L. Moody's church on one verse. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He kept preaching that verse over and over and over again. And D.L. Moody said, he sat and he listened to Henry Murhouse preaching. And he said to himself, I never realized that God loved me so much. And that whole experience of hearing that young man who'd been delivered from a life of sin, preaching in the love of God, gave D.L. Moody's message a new edge. And he said it challenged him and motivated him for the rest of his ministry. Oh, the love of God is the greatest love because God is the greatest lover and Christ is the greatest gift. And he loves the world. That's the greatest scope and the greatest extent. And there is the greatest offer. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And your name is there. Whoever you are and wherever you are, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Whosoever, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there is the greatest provision, eternal life, everlasting life. Give your life to Jesus Christ and you'll never turn back. You'll be saved forever. You know, the disciples were discouraged on the Sea of Galilee. The wind was howling, the storm was raging, but the master was asleep, as if there wasn't a storm. And they cried unto him, Master, do you not care about us? We're perishing. And then Jesus arose. And I can see him standing there, facing the wind, and the wind was howling and tossing his hair, and the white foam of the waves were breaking against the ship, and he commanded the storm, be still. And suddenly, there was a great calm. And he looked round at those men, and he said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? But they had some faith. Their faith may have been small, but they had some faith. And they cried, and the Lord brought peace. And that's what the Lord can do for you. Whatever your storm is, whatever is going on in your life, you cry unto the Lord. And the Lord will be there to your rescue. But in the first place, you need to know that you're saved, you need to know that you're born again, that you're a child of God, that the great storm of God's wrath has been pacified only through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just this week, Brother Andrew died, the founder of Open Doors Ministries. It's incredible what one man could do. His book inspired me greatly as a teenage boy because his book is the story of how he would pack Bibles into his Volkswagen Beetle and he would drive across what was then known as the Iron Curtain and he would face what we would call fear. He would do something that was forbidden in those countries that God's people might have Bibles and that others might have Bibles for the Bible was then contraband in those nations. But he wasn't afraid because his love for God and his love for the hearts of people and his love for the Word of God triumphed over all those fears. And today, that witness that he began ministers to millions of Christians across the world that are persecuted. You know, the most persecuted group of people in the world today, the forgotten persecuted minorities in the world are Christians. And yet, we're Christians are persecuted where they suffer, where some of their number are killed and imprisoned. Christianity is growing. I read about one young girl in India, and she said, I will die if I need to, 
but I will never leave Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. You see, there is the power of God's love that flows from the risen Savior. He can give you peace, assurance, purpose. He can give you courage. He can give you courage to face the changing world, to face sickness, bereavement, death. He can give you grace to live and grace to die because perfect love casts out all our fears. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come into your presence. Bless your word to every heart. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of our of thy eternal spirit be our abiding portion now and evermore. Amen. We will conclude with the singing of the hymn, Jesus the name, high over all. Father, we thank you for the privilege of bringing forth your word today. We pray for all that have listened. We pray for our congregation here in the Clocker Valley. We pray, Lord, that you would bless your word to every heart. For Christ's sake, amen.